There's one reason why the Cincinnati Bearcats won on Friday night. I'll explain what that is. Our Locked On Bearcats, your daily podcast on the Cincinnati Bearcats. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much for making Lockdown Bearcats your first listen every day. It's free and available everywhere you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Don't forget to subscribe to our Lockdown Bearcats YouTube channel and follow it to get an alert every time we drop a new episode. Today's episode of Lockdown Bearcats is brought to you by Sling TV. Don't miss this week's matchups on ABC, every ABC game on ESPN3, ESPN, and ESPN2. Sling TV Right here on Sling. Sling, the TV you love for a price you'll love. Try it today. Alex Frank with you, your host each and every day here on Lockdown Bearcats, former sports director of Bearcats Media, student-run media organization at the University of Cincinnati. Play-by-play announcer for Bearcats football, men's basketball, and weekly radio show host. Bringing all those experiences here to Locked On Bearcats, the Bearcats beating ECU 27-25 on Friday night. There's only one reason why they did. And that's because this team's identity is becoming. They will make enough plays to win the game, even though they will get outplayed in several statistical categories. They'll do just enough to win the game. Like they made several plays on Friday night. The kickoff return for a touchdown. Trey Tucker's 55-yard touchdown. Tyler Scott's 76-yard touchdown. The pass breakup on the two-point conversion. The holding of ECU to a field goal up 7-5. to um, Forcing Keaton Mitchell out of bounds on a touchdown run that was called back in the first quarter. So this team will do just enough to win the game, even though they'll get outplayed in several statistical categories. I mean, that's just what this team is. And that's what's prevailed for them against Navy. It's what prevailed them against... Um, it prevailed for them against SMU, USF, and Tulsa. I mean, it's prevailed in a lot of games this season for Cincinnati. And when I watched this game on Friday, and the statistics after the game were startling, we look at some of the statistics from this game, team-wise. ECU had 22 first downs, Bearcats had 13. Rushing yards, 174 to 66. We'll talk about the rushing game in segment two. Um, total offense, 454 to 310. ECU ran 79 plays to the Bearcats, 57. Um, ECU had 36 minutes and 26 seconds time of possession. Bearcats only had 23-34. You're wondering, how in the world did the Bearcats win this game? Well, one thing I said on Friday leading up to the game was talent versus culture. Talent can lead you to games like this, but it's culture that wins them. And the Bearcats, despite being outplayed, their culture prevailed. Their culture prevailed. That's what won them this game. You know, this is a game they should have lost. But all along, it had the feeling that the Bearcats were going to win the game, and they did. All along, the Bearcats um, just, you never truly felt like ECU was going to win this game. And... Sure enough, the Bearcats made enough plays to win. Taj Ward with the 
Great coverage on ECU's last gasp, fourth down attempt. And that is what won them the game. Sealed it. So that's what happened. The Bearcats didn't deserve to win this game. But yet, they did. Because they made enough plays to win the game. And that's what great teams do. And that's what great programs do. It's what's kept this program's hopes alive of a third straight conference championship. So, as frustrating as this team is to watch, and they're frustrating. I mean, they do just enough to win. There's that, There's still that sense, and you kind of maybe lost a little bit of it against Central Florida, and that's, you know, that's understandable. But you still have that sense that you that you know that you know they're going to somehow find a way to win the game. Um, they still have enough of it, and it still has in them in the hunt for a third straight conference championship. I was talking to a friend of mine on Saturday, and he said something to me that I feel, and I hope you feel too, right? So a lot of you maybe are frustrated with the way the Bearcats are playing. That's totally fine. I mean, there's a lot of things about this team that I don't like. And I'm sure you don't either. But in the overall grand scheme of things, this program is 8-2. and 5-1 and one after losing nine players to the NFL draft. And keep this in mind too. This program is not yet Ohio State, Georgia, Alabama. They have essentially only gone through one elite recruiting cycle. Right? So the fact that they are still this good after losing all that talent for a school that is just now entering the fray of elite programs in college football, the upper echelon of college football, I think we really, really need to acknowledge what that means. You know, this program, just because they went to the college football playoff last year, they're still new to this. Like, they're still fledgling. And I get it, they're going to the Big 12, so you want them to do better in the American Athletic Conference, which is, I think, better this year than it's been. I mean, look at the number of games the Bearcats have played in this year. I mean, the closest, the, the largest margin in a game they've played this season in conference play is 10 points. They've won both those games. But USF was a four-point game. SMU and ECU were two-point games. So the fact that this program is winning games and they're still in great position to get to the conference championship game, that clearly shows that this program is just fine. I know there's a lot of things that you see on the field that I don't like, and you don't either, but they're winning. You know, all the problems that this team has, the lack of a running game, which we're going to talk about here in segment two, quarterback struggles, there's a lot of those, um, subpar offensive line play, which I, I think is unex- was unexpected and is, and the penalties. They There are so many um, problems with this team. It's like 2019, but that program won, and that program didn't have nearly the talent that this team does. Like, this team is still winning at an 80% clip despite all its problems and all that this program, nine players getting drafted to the NFL last year. It's amazing. I Truly, I think what this program is doing. They shouldn't have beaten East Carolina on Friday night. That game could have gotten out of hand very quickly. 
if it wasn't for Jaden Thompson's kickoff return for a touchdown, which as he alluded to after the game, he really shouldn't have even returned that kick. If that play doesn't happen, I don't know where the Bearcats go from there. Because their offense had stalled out of the gate. That game was ripe for ECU to win. And they didn't. Because the Bearcats' culture prevailed. They may get outplayed, and they did. But they will make enough plays to win the game. And that, at the end of the day, is what matters. I mean, they're still winning in an 80% clip with all the problems and all that's not here from last year. That, I think, is an impressive achievement. And it speaks to Luke Fickle. It speaks to the culture that is this team. Find a way. How many times did Tom Brady and the Patriots get outplayed by the Colts? And they still found a way to win the game. Brady and the Patriots shouldn't have beaten the Chiefs in twenty uh, in 2018. They didn't even deserve to beat the Chargers. Well, actually, they did. I mean, they, there were some who said they weren't even going to beat the Chargers in the divisional round, but they did. And Brady and the Patriots, I, I should say they did deserve to win the AFC Championship game because if you look at that box score, they outplayed him. But how many times did Brady and the Patriots, like, were not nearly as talented as some of the rosters, and yet they found ways to win games? That's what great teams and great programs do. And the Bearcats are one of those. Coming up, the running game is now officially a team weakness. I'll explain after a word from Upside. This episode of Lockdown Bearcats is brought to you by Upside. Upside offsets inflated prices by giving you each or by giving you cash back on purchases. I use cash back when I'm getting gas. I use cash back at the grocery store. Um, what do I plan to do with all my cash back? Well, first off, the app is easy to use um, wherever you go. Um what do I plan to do with all my cash back? I don't know. I, I mean, I got a lot of options, though. Maybe buy a, a ticket to a Braves game, Hawks game. I am moving to Columbus, moving back home to Ohio to see my family. Can't wait for that. So maybe I'll buy some Blue Jackets tickets. Inflation, though, has us all thinking about different ways to cut back. Um, I've had to, you know, cut back on things I buy at the grocery store. I like to buy eggs. I like to buy lettuce. Do I need all those? Mm, well, inflation is making me think about those things differently. Whether it's driving less, dining out less, or buying less from the grocery store, We can all agree there's nothing fun about less. That's why I started using Upside. Upside is an incredible app for anyone who buys gas, groceries, or dines out. With Upside, I don't have to cut back anymore because I get cash back on every purchase. Um, Cutbacks I would have had to make on treat items. I mean, I love Publix cookies, but without Upside, I wouldn't be able to buy them. Um, I don't have to cut anymore because I earn cash back on when I go to Publix to buy groceries, turkey, I mean, bread, all those things. So, to get started, download the free Upside app, use my promo code LOCKED, and get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. Next, claim an offer for whatever you're buying on Upside. Check in at the business, pay as usual with a credit or debit card, and get paid in comparison to credit card rewards and loyalty programs. You can earn three times more cash back with Upside. Upside users are earning more than a million dollars every week. That's probably why they have a 4.8 star rating on the App Store. Download the free Upside app and use promo code LOCKED to get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. That's $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more using promo code LOCKED. Thank you for making Lockdown Bearcats your first listen. For your next listen, check out the Lockdown Sports Today podcast. The biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day available on this app, the Odyssey app rather, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcast. Alex Frank, back with you. Your host each and every day. Sorry, I was saying something to myself there. Um, nothing bad. Um, so anyway, the Cincinnati Bearcats running game is officially a team weakness. Um, 
there's no push from the offensive line. There's no creativity. And a lot of that can be attributed to the fact that Ben Bryant's a limited quarterback. You know, there is, and Lance McAllister said this best two years ago when I produced for him. I produced for him during red season in 2021. And he said something to me, and all of you, um, excuse me, that really, really summarizes the Bearcats running game. So it struggled against Indiana. That was a blip. We thought it was a blip. Well, then it struggled against UCF. Okay, now there's evidence. It struggled against Navy. Now there's a pattern. And it struggled against ECU. Now it's a trend. The trend is the Bearcats running game is not good right now. They don't get any push. There's no creativity. And it's just not fun to watch. I'm watching the game Friday night. And I'm not, I'm not seeing anything that makes me think the running game is an identity of this team. The Bearcats running game right now is not good. Here's something interesting, though, that I, I thought about. And I texted Russ this um, during the game. So four years ago, when the Bearcats were just trying to, I mean, we were going to be happy if they made a bowl game. Now, they ended up going 10-2 and two that year. But I remember the first two games of the season, the Bearcats rushed for like a combined well over 200 yards. Michael Warren had over 200 yards himself in the first two games combined. They beat Miami at Paycor Stadium. And the Bearcats romped them. Um, Sorry, I mumbled something to myself again. Nothing bad again. Um, So Cincinnati wins. I go down and... I asked Luke Fickle this question. Does Desmond Ritter allow you to run the ball the way you want to? And he said, yes. And he said to all of us that, you know, because teams can't load the box against Desmond Ritter. And you know what? That's not the case with Ben Bryant. Teams can load the box with Ben Bryant because they know when he gets out of the pocket, he is a lame duck. He is a lame duck. Like, he is not a runner. It's comical to watch him run. But the, the fact of the matter is, he's not a mobile quarterback. And that's why teams know they can load the box. Because they don't have to account for Ben Bryant escaping it. With Desmond Ritter, they did. That's why the Bearcats could spread defenses out. You can't spread out defenses with this offense. That's why you're, not, that's why you're seeing... A lot of middle of the field. Like you're not seeing a lot on the perimeter, which sucks because I think that could be used. Nick Martin is a no show. I mean, I feel like I haven't heard his name in weeks. I feel like I haven't. I'm not going to go there. That's not positive. Um, But just the point is this. Luke Fickle said four years ago to me, and it makes sense. That when you have a mobile quarterback like Desmond Ritter, you can run the ball because you have multiple ways to do it and defenses can't just load the box against you. They can do that with Ben Bryant because he's not a running threat. And I said that coming into the season. I'm like, Ben Bryant's rushing total. eh." So, therefore, by virtue of Ben Bryant 
So by virtue of not having a mobile quarterback and by virtue of Ben Bryan not being accurate with the football more than 10 yards down the field, this offense has proven to be very predictable. They can't run the ball. There's no creativity. There's not any dynamic to it anymore. It's very limited, and it shouldn't be this way. Because I think there is talent. And I think it's time to ask the question, is it time for a quarterback change? This team is 8-2. and two, And a lot of teams won't change quarterbacks just because their team is 8-2. and two. Um, Sorry. When this team came into the season, Ben Bryan was the project. Ben Bryan was the starter. Fine. He performed better in camp. He's performed better in practice. He deserved to win it. And while this program is still eight and two, isn't there enough evidence? Isn't there enough of a trend to know that the Bearcats quarterback is not the guy? The current starting quarterback is not the guy right now. Ben Bryant is the starter, but is he the best guy? No, he's not. Depends if you want this offense to be dynamic, if you want to make a change at quarterback. I don't see any reason why you wouldn't. I get it, you're 8-2. I get it, your program... I get it, your program is um, your program is winning. And you're not going to change quarterbacks just because, you know, whatever, however they view it. But you're 8-2, but it feels like you could be doing a lot better. I don't think a lot of teams will change quarterbacks at this point in a season when they're 8-2. But I do think that there is merit to at least considering it. Because at the way this is going, we're going to talk about this more tomorrow. The conference championship is going through Orlando. If you go into Orlando with Ben Bryan as your starting quarterback, I'm sorry. There is n- I don't think the Bearcats will stand much of a chance in that game. But if you start Evan Prater and give your offense more dynamic elements, this team can be really good and have a chance to beat UCF in a conference championship. But the way that this running game is going, When you don't have a mobile quarterback, it can catch up to you. You know, gone are the days where you don't have to have a mobile quarterback to run the football. That was 15 years ago. Carson Palmer wasn't the most mobile quarterback, and the Bengals still had one of the best running backs in the NFL in Rudy Johnson. So I think if you want to run the football, which should still be your team's identity, as Gino Caduli said early in the offseason, it should still be this way. Maybe it's time to consider changing quarterbacks because what a mobile quarterback like Evan Prater can do. And and a lot of people, I think, used to say this about Russell Wilson. He masked the Seahawks deficiencies because of his ability to make plays off script. Well, Evan Prater is that quarterback. How many times he came in for two plays on Friday night? I think both plays were rollouts. So if those plays are being run when Evan Prater is in the game, A, you should have more of those. B, you should be able, or why don't you just start Evan Prater then? Or why don't you have him in for like a package of plays? The coaching staff won't do that. And I get it. What they've done in the past has worked, but it feels like it's going to come crashing down eventually. 
It hasn't yet. But that doesn't mean, and I'm just saying you should prepare for contingency. This program could go in Orlando right now, and I would tell you they probably would lose 45-14. If you start Evan Prater, I'm not saying they would win, but I'm saying it'd be a heck of a lot closer. Because at least Evan Prater opens up your playbook. If you want to run the football, the exact thing Luke Fickle said about Desmond Ritter four years ago at Paycor Stadium can apply to Evan Prater if he's the starting quarterback. And I'm going to talk about that tomorrow. Because I do think that there is absolute merit to starting Evan Prater right now. I know we're coming up on the 11th game of the season. But what's going to happen if you lose to Temple? who doesn't even allow 200 passing yards a game. Well, Ben Bryant struggles to hit 200, it feels like. What's going to happen if you don't start Evan Prater, but you know what? Or I should say, and you know what? You lose to Temple. Then everything that we've said about the Bearcats, and well, they get outplayed and they have a lot of problems, but they're still winning. You lose a game like that, that's the crashing down. If it happens against UCF, fine. Still, though, but if it happens at Temple, yeah, that's not a road I want to go down. And I'm sure it's a road a lot of you don't want to go down either. Up next, three stars of the game, and two of them will tell you exactly how the Bearcats are winning games right now. I will get into that after a word from Nissan. Our partners in Nissan have worked with us to create a new segment across the Lockdown College Network titled Thrilling Moments, where we highlight the most exciting play from the Bearcats game or throughout the history of the University of Cincinnati. That is the wrong live read. Excuse me. This week's thrilling moment in college football is brought to you by Nissan. The thrilling designs behind the new lineup from Nissan are intended to empower drivers in vehicles as capable as the driver themselves. By the way, this episode of Lockdown Bearcats is, is brought to you by Nissan. Let me let, let me start, let me start the live read all over again. All right, so coming up, three stars of the game. Two of them will tell you why the Cincinnati Bearcats won this game. I'll tell you about them after a word from Nissan. This episode of Lockdown Bearcats and this week's thrilling moment in college football is brought to you by Nissan. There we go. The thrilling designs behind the new lineup from Nissan are intended to empower drivers and vehicles as capable as the driver themselves. When I think of unbelievable abilities on the field for this week's thrilling moment, it has to be Jaden Thompson's 100-yard kickoff return for a touchdown in the first quarter. They gave the Bearcats a jolt. It put them up 7-5, to five, and it got them going for 24 first-half points. This segment has been inspired by the thrilling new, feet, new designs featured across Nissan's new lineup of vehicles. Pursue what thrills you in the all-new Frontier Armada or Pathfinder today. Available now at NissanUSA.com. All right, so three stars of the game for Cincinnati. Sorry, I'm I'm at my sister's apartment. So um, three stars of the game for the Bearcats and their win over ECU. I'll start with Tyler Scott. Tyler Scott's becoming a big-time wide receiver. He absolutely is. Um, Individually, Tyler Scott on Friday night, Seven catches, 140 yards, and a touchdown. This guy now has in his last two games um, 17 catches, I believe over 200. If I can, he has three touchdowns in his last two games, 17 receptions, 140 yards against ECU. And against Navy, he had, if I can pull up the game log, um, well, doesn't happen. But 
I believe it's over 200 yards. I mean, he's at, he has back-to-back 100-yard games. How about that? I'm going to, I'm going to find out how many he had against Navy because then I can tell you my university of Cincinnati math, Tyler Scott against Navy had 139. I knew it was 139. So 17 catches, 279 receiving yards, three touchdowns in his last two games. How about that? That's big time wide receiver. Probably the biggest wide receiver the Bearcats have had since Marty Gilliard. That is impressive stuff. Um, Second stars of the game, the Pace brothers. I mean, you talk about needing your best players on defense to step up. That's exactly what this program got from Deshaun and Ivan Pace. Deshaun led the team in tackles this time. I feel like that might be the first time this season that that's happened. Ten tackles for Deshaun, a tackle for loss. Ivan had seven, two quarterback hits. So when your backs were against the wall and you're on the field for like 13 more minutes Defensively, the needs to use defense. You needed your defense to make some plays, and they did. So major credit to Deshaun and Ivan Pace. And then Mason Fletcher, six punts in the game, three inside the 20, one of 50-plus, long of 56. Um, It goes to show you that defense and special teams are is what's driving this team to victory right now. And by the way, Ryan Coe has made multiple field goals in every game since the bye week. Multiple field goals in every game. He is uh, 10 of 11 since the bye week. So you want to talk about what's winning the Bearcats games. And I find it interesting how that was a problem last year, but it's not this year. Like if every other problem could be solved, this team could be, I mean, you probably think college football playoff worthy. This program is winning games by defense and special teams. I mean, Mason Fletcher, the last few games, has been unbelievable. Ryan Coe has been really clutch. I mean, he made a game-winning field goal turn out to be on Friday night. So so those are my stars for the game. Um, Tomorrow, we're going to talk about the prospects of this team winning the conference championship. I think they'll definitely play for one, but whether or not they win one, that is a bigger concern Film review on Wednesday, Thursday, Russ Heldman, my colleague at All Bearcats and Sports Illustrated, joins me today, or on Thursday, excuse me. And then on Friday, we'll preview the Bearcats game against Temple next week. That's a 4 o'clock kick, by the way, on ESPNU. Final road regular season game as members of the American for Cincinnati. So there is an emphasis on this game. Um, Lockdown Bearcats is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day, free and available everywhere you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Don't forget to subscribe to our Lockdown Bearcats YouTube channel. And follow us, too, to get an alert every time we drop a new episode. As for me, you can follow me on Twitter at Frankie underscore 90 with two N's and an ATI. You can follow me on Instagram, AlexFrank9 underscore, or email me at Alex3Frank at gmail.com. Thanks for making Lockdown Bearcats your first listen of every day. For your second listen today, check out the Lockdown Sports Today podcast from the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports. Go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Lockdown can provide. Locked On Sports Today is available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. For Locked On Bearcats, my name is Alex Frank. Stay safe and stay healthy. Keep making Locked On Bearcats your first listen of every day. And I'll be back tomorrow to talk about the Bearcats' prospects of winning a conference championship right here on Locked On Bearcats, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Alex Frank for Locked On Bearcats. Stay safe and stay healthy. Have a great rest of your day, and I will talk to you all tomorrow.